to witness, I wear a habit, I wear all black. And so people know I'm about something. Mm-hmm. And to witness uh, someone in black who is under the age of 60 and might actually uh, talk to you on a, on a train yeah. is uh, stark. And mm-hmm. you can say some pretty bold things that mm-hmm. they've never heard before. And they can come into agreement with the heart of God that they've never experienced. Right. Friends, welcome to Beyond Damascus, the show where encounter meets mission. My name is Aaron Richards. I'm your host for today's show, joined here in studio by a whole crew. Yes, uh, whole crew. My friends and brothers in Christ, Brad, yes. Aaron, Dan Demite, and brother Nathaniel. Whoa! Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So friends, I, I, could, I could go on for hours introducing this young man, but we're, we're just going to jump right in. Wow, uh, you've yes. officially reached old age. You just called someone a young man. I like it. I think I. I think it's appropriate. <laughs> what do I usually say? I don't even know. What did I say before? Dan, I, like, I, I, say, I say my homie. That's what I say. Yeah. That's what all the kids do now, I guess. Uh, so I, I suppose yes, I am an old man in this sense that uh, I was brother Nathaniel's youth minister mm, way for, back, way back in the day for many, nice. many years. I don't that actually think young I knew man. that. Uh-huh. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. So uh, if if we really run out of content, I could I could pull out. We some, can go uh, back. Some, so there's got to be at really least one story. Really, really good story. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. We, oh, we had, we had a great time. The Transformers. Together. We had a great time together. Yep. Uh, so long story short, yes. Youth ministry was amazing. It was fun wrestling through high school with brother Nathaniel. Sometimes, and, literally. <laughs> often, often, actually, <laughs> and uh, and and now being inspired through your work. So, so brother, you you are serving with, living with the servants of Christ Jesus. Yes. What's the proper term? Uh, in formation, I with? am a novice. You are in the <laughs> service of Christ Jesus. So, I'm in my first two years of uh, initial formation. So, uh, mm-hmm. what that looks like is more spiritually intensive time before yeah. heading out to the seminary, which is more academically yeah. uh, rigorous. Mm-hmm. And for those who may be. Uh, Returning to the show, you know that we have an awesome relationship, ongoing relationship with the servants of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. You're an order focused in Denver, Colorado. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, come to any major event at Damascus and you'll probably see at least one or two. <laughs> yeah. The relationship has been actually amazing because it, it's, it's cool to see that um, the servants have been serving us for, you know, a number of years now. And in addition to that, a lot of the the individuals that have served with us, a lot of the guys that have served with us have discerned the servants and eat. And even entered as novices, yeah. which is so cool. So to see the relationship grow has been awesome. Yeah. So if if you're looking for an extreme way to live your Catholic faith, oh, yeah. and and Damascus check them out. and Damascus doesn't check all the boxes right now, the servants mm-hmm. is probably the second yeah. best option. <laughs> <laughs> oh, really? yeah. uh, Unless you're a woman. Yes. Well, well <laughs> soon though. Soon. Well, we we good. We're going to dive into today. Um, Brother Nathaniel, uh, we're excited to hear your story. So l- let's start, uh, you know, recently you have gone through a pretty awesome experience traveling Europe. Yes, yes. So mm. uh, as part of our formation, we do, mm-hmm. uh, we, we like St. Ignatius. So we follow mm-hmm. St. Ignatius and uh, he uh, did this journey himself where he took, uh, he answered Jesus' call to take, take nothing with you and go and proclaim the gospel along the way. And uh, so following in the footsteps of the apostles, following in the footsteps of um, St. Ignatius and the community of the Jesuits that he founded, mm-hmm. uh, we do something called a poverty pilgrimage. Mm-hmm. So what that looks like is we get sent to a, a place, typically a place uh, not the United States, 
um, with no money, no food, no places to stay. No one's expecting us. No phones, can't call home. Um, and we beg our way around the country for one month, being given essentially uh, a backpack, uh, your ID and your plane ticket, um, and maybe a change of clothes. And uh, you have an itinerary of different yeah. holy sites you have to hit. Um, so visiting uh, relics and visiting different churches uh, that are that are mm-hmm. uh, rich that that area. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you've told the story a number of times at this point. I had I had a great opportunity. I was visiting the servants in Colorado like the the day that you returned. So yes. did he have a giant <laughs> beard at that moment? That's awesome. <laughs> so so um, as we want to be hospitable to people. Oh, and so that makes sense. Not being able to grow a very nice beard. Father John said, you're going to take a razor too. But, <laughs> but Brother Levi Mary, you can grow a nice beard. He came back with, with, with uh, quite the beard. So my, people would have rejected me from, from the get-go. Hey, we have so, something in common. I can't grow a nice beard either. So, so, I'm glad to be with so the shaving then. policy of the order has to do with the evangelistic nature of your beard. Uh, yes. Yes. I, I, yes. Yes. I appreciate that. Yeah. Every, yeah. Every, all things to all people, all facial hair to all people. I so. agree. I, I would like someone to discern for me if I should keep going around here, but that's a whole different conversation. Thing. That's the best way to put it, too. We want to be hospitable to people. Not, we don't want to look horrific and scare people away. We don't want to scare people from the gospel. Uh, okay. Anyway, yeah. Um, on your on your return to America, it was, it was great having the opportunity to, to yeah, see you scared. fresh it's off scared. the trip. He did have a smile on his face. Uh, he did not starve in his time. You used to be 250 pounds though, right? <laughs> 650 pounds. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just really dwindled. Um, a month. What was, I mean, tell us a story. What was the narrative? How, what, that, that experience, firstly, I mean, I love adventures. That sounds kind of frightening to me. Mm-hmm. It, it was so much fun, I have to be honest. I, um, I got spoiled, like, like a little kid in a candy store kind of thing. Hmm. Um, so going in, there was, there was some hesitation, but... Uh, one of the other formation exercises that we do is the 30-day spiritual exercise is a, a silent retreat that St. Ignatius um, uh, propagated. And um, when we did that, I had just an encounter with God as Father. Um, and so kind of from there, going into my poverty pilgrimage, which mm. I found out five days before I was leaving uh, that I was actually going on this poverty pilgrimage. But in those five days praying at home, uh, there's just a certainty mm. that, that God, you're going to be Father. Yeah. And almost an expectation that was going to be spoiled. Um, but the temptation going in with that expectation is like, okay, what if like, you let me down? Like I'm, I'm expecting mm-hmm. all these great things from you. And it's almost like too good to be true. Mm-hmm. Your promises mm-hmm. that you've said for this trip are, mm-hmm. am I going to, to believe them? Mm-hmm. Um, and so letting my heart trust that what he said is actually yeah. going to come to fruition um, mm-hmm. was, was a real great gift before. And I very quickly found out was going to be the reality and the reality for for 30 days straight. Uh, Can I pause for a second? So you you articulated that really well. Um, I'm wondering in your own prayer, what what does that process look like? Like, are you sitting in the chair, having conversation with him and saying saying to him, okay, God, are you actually going to fulfill these things? Or is that, does that manifest in Mm -hmm. doubt or fear or discouragement? Mm Mm-hmm. Um, it manifests usually it's an internal experience I think is a little bit off. Like, yeah. I'm like, okay, if you are father, if you, you are who you say you are, my reaction, mm-hmm. like, 
probably should be like a great trust and hope. Mm-hmm. And if it manifests in that fear, mm-hmm. doubt, yeah. um, I I want to bring it to dialogue with my father. Uh, mm-hmm. Nothing's off the table for dialogue with him. Every movement within me, every right, right. Uh, thought that I have, I want it to be presented before him and I want to see it with with the eyes of my father. Mm-hmm. So, so solid. Uh, like like mm-hmm. a kid, he doesn't yeah. um, all of a sudden yeah. come up with things on him on his own. Mm-hmm. He looks to his dad, like, dad, what do you notice about this situation? And that's yep. how he learns environments. Yeah, and like what father would offer his son a rock when he asked for a loaf of bread or a scorpion when he asked for a fish, right? Like, exactly. I do think, I, I would love you to speak to that a little bit, Brother Nathaniel, because I think a lot of times um, in like popular Catholic culture, sometimes we can almost make it as if the father wants to give us bad things mm-hmm. so that we grow and get more virtuous. And like, um, what would you, what would you say to like maybe wrestles you've had with that and like seeing the father as good and that like, he is, he's still like a God who makes promises, a father who wants to bring us into maturity, but to do it in a way a loving father would not mm-hmm. in the way that maybe our other perspectives of leadership have been over time. Yeah. I mean, I think we, we speak from our experience. And so I don't mm-hmm. think that, mm-hmm. that popular mindset is unfounded in our, in our experience, but it's not the experience of God. It's the experience of a fallen humanity. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can often write our experience of a fallen humanity onto our father who is, is not fallen. He actually Good. like raises up and Good. redeems the fallen. So letting God step in and redeem mm-hmm. that mindset mm-hmm. um, is is actually a, a great grace. And the only thing that a kid can do in that moment yeah. mm-hmm. is, Father, show me. Yeah, It's, it's not like, Father, mm-hmm. I'm going to just randomly trust you out willy-nilly. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. It's, Father, Sweet. show me that you're good. And because yeah. I see your goodness, I've tasted and seen the goodness of the Lord instead of I have to force myself to believe awesome. you're good, even yeah. though my reality doesn't fit that. Yeah, your lens, not mine. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What about... I mean, you're speaking like someone who has a good Jesuit or I would say good, good Ignatian formation, yes. right? In the sense of like, what is the matter of prayer? What do you mm-hmm. take to mm-hmm. prayer? And I think that's mm-hmm. a struggle that every Christian faced. Like, what do mm-hmm. I do during my prayer time? And mm-hmm. so often it is that this idea that Ignatius is like, it's your thoughts, it's your feelings, and it's your desires. That's the matter of your prayer. And you you give those to God. You 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 don't hide. I think sometimes we're afraid to present our desires to God. Like mm-hmm. we we convince ourselves, well, that's a bad desire. Well, it, so I'm not going to tell God about it. Well, He already knows about it. Number one, but that's that's the matter. I'm going to keep it from Him. I think. is to even Dang say like omnipotence. Yeah, yeah, there it is. But it's like I'm having this bad desire. Like God, I was I I I was I was desiring the sin earlier. Like why was I desiring that sin? And bring that to Him, even if it is a bad desire. Or mm-hmm. I desire to uh, to to start a religious order, you know, like why did, why did that desire come to me and to bring, bring that to him and let the father Mm -hmm. dialogue about that. And I think Mm -hmm. it's so beautiful because you sometimes write, okay, I need to have my Bible. I need to have my rosary. I need to have my Mm -hmm. journal. I need to have my uh, book on the saints uh, to, to go to my prayer time. And uh, Mm -hmm. if we, if we get in the habit of no, what are, what are the thoughts, feelings, and desires I have? How do I relate those to God and then allow him to respond to those? Mm-hmm. That creates this beautiful dialogue between me and my dad. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, the, the prayer of Jesus on the cross was just his exposed heart. He didn't have, he, he recited scripture for sure and the heart uh, on the cross, but it, it was just him speaking mm-hmm. from his heart to the father. Mm-hmm. One more beautiful prayer is that. Mm-hmm. Well, pretty, raw, yeah, like exposed raw desires that may not have seemed very politically correct from the son of God. Like, sure, my sure. God, my God, why have you abandoned me? Like, wait a second. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. You felt that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. awesome. That's okay. Awesome. So, uh, 
that's an amazing tangent, and I love that. <laughs> uh, leading leading into leading into the trip. So that's that's the mindset that you brought into yeah. it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, trust and confidence, but also some apprehension. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And what was it like getting on the plane? Yeah. So getting on the plane, it was like, okay, I need to need like sit next to someone, and this person. I kind of had a plan in my head of exactly yeah. how this is going to go. <laughs> Yeah. Um, which is not trust yeah, yeah, or surrender. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> sounds like self-preservation uh, <laughs> to me. <laughs> so, How can I work this out? Yeah. So I get on the plane and um, planes are, are full these days, mm-hmm. except for this plane, because I, this has ended up being a blessing, but I sit down and there's no one sitting next to me in my whole entire row. So it's like two seats on the side, four seats in the middle, <laughs> two seats on the other side, and there's no one sitting in my four seats in the middle. And so yeah. one, I get a full bed. And so I just sit down and, and start thumbing the beads to my rosary and, mm-hmm. um, and talk to this guy who's sitting in front of me and, um, end up being able to pray with him, which is a, is a great gift. But, um, he says like, if you get stuck in London, like call me, which is great. Like, okay, huh. I have a last resort <laughs> stuckness, yeah, yeah. but father, I think you're, you're more than a last resort stuckness. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm I'm still thumbing the beads in my rosary. I'm getting some weird looks from from a couple to my back right. Um, and so uh, eventually I I just turn around and smile at the woman and hmm. um, and say hello. And she's she's asked like, so are are you Catholic? I'm like, yeah, I'm Catholic. And she mm-hmm. said. I'm Catholic too. And <laughs> talk to her and her. her uh, Don't let anyone know. I, know. <laughs> I have. I yeah. I just look me in the eye. I'll, I'm gonna mouth the words I'm Catholic. <laughs> Don't let anyone else. So um, uh, talking with her and her husband, and um, we we go back and forth, and they're like, mm-hmm. so like, where are you staying? And I'm like, I don't know. Mm-hmm. And they're like, great. Well, well, we live in a town called Hartlepool which is kind of by Durham. Durham, I saw was on your list, um, which Durham was the furthest possible place I needed to get in England mm-hmm. geographically from London. And so they're like, yeah, when you get by Hartlepool, like, give us a call. We'd be happy to pick you up and have you stay with us. And I'm like, I That's have amazing. no idea who these yeah. human beings yeah. are. I met you like 20 minutes ago. Um, and I have a place in the furthest possible location already. Like, Father, you are providing for me mm-hmm. I can like I can before I even get it. my mind around what's exactly. happening. Yeah. <laughs> the exactly, the end game is already done. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I sleep like a little baby on this flight in my four four seats, laying down across all the rows. Um, and we're about to land in in Heathrow Airport in London. Um, and they they ask me again. They're like, "So how are you getting to the airport, or from the airport to yeah. uh, to? I need to go to the cathedral first. And I'm like. I, I don't really know. And they're like, well, here's some money for the tube, which is the train for, for us Americans, uh, or the subway. Yeah. Um, and they they give me enough money to get on on the tube. And then they also were like, here, we packed away some snacks for you from from our airplane flight because they didn't they didn't what? eat it all. So some extra Joy. little quinoa and little, yeah. like, little, little bread. <laughs> I'm like, thank you so much. Um, and uh, and uh, get out, as I'm getting off the plane, I talk to another woman who hands me like 20 bucks and then mm-hmm. I'm going through the airport and I don't really know what I'm doing. So I'm just walking around and all of a sudden I see a caller. So I go and walk up to this priest and be like, Hey, like, this is what I'm doing. Can you help me? And yeah. he's, he hands me more money 
So I end up walking out of the airport with like 50 to 60 pounds, which is like $65, $70. Um, wow. Ranking in the dough. You're like, hey, man, this is going to make a full-time we're, job we're, of this. We're, we're just starting. We're just starting. So, That's um, amazing. Yeah. And so I'm finding out the guy's pretty good at what he does. Yeah. And, uh, and so I take the tube uh, into downtown London, mm-hmm. get to the cathedral there. Um, and I show up and we, we pray mass and holy hour every day. And so that's always like one of the biggest questions when you wake up. It's like, okay, how am I going to get to mass? How am I going to get to holy hour? So I arrive uh, like 9 a.m. in London and I show up to the cathedral right as mass is starting at like 12.15 and, uh, mm-hmm. and walk in as, as the opening prayers are, are being said. And then the priest just happens after mass to expose the Eucharist. And so I have mass and holy hour lined up. I go talk to the priest um, after mass. Yeah. And because you can't do masstimes.org. Be like, hey, where are the London masses? No, no, no. No, I just, you think you threw from your common experience because that's what I'm doing when I'm traveling. But like, you're like, I I have a backpack. For sure. It is. Yeah. It's, if anything, it's, it's, yeah. Begging the Muslim guy at the door yeah. who doesn't know any yeah. any of the churches. Man, so, man. Um, yeah, it was uh, it was a gift. So talking to the the priest afterward, telling him like, "Hey, this is what I'm doing. Like, mm-hmm. is there any way you can help me?" And he's kind of flustered. He's like, "We don't do this here in England." And um, I'm like, mm-hmm. "Okay, mm-hmm. Uh, sounds good." And he sends me to it to a food bank to see if they'll take me or a, a homeless shelter. See if they'll take me in. They're like, "We can't take you in because you're not permanently homeless," but. Here's yeah. <laughs> some more money. We're not supposed to hand out money, but here you get some money because <laughs> you're, you're a son of the church and the church has to take yes. care of you. Yes. Um, and they they feed me, send me back to the priest uh, at the, the cathedral. Mm. And he sits me down and he's like, so, so listen, you don't have a clergy card, which in England, they have a card signifying I am a valid member of the Roman Catholic mm. clergy. Mm. And we just don't have that in America. Yeah. Um, so he Is this said, an episode of true crime? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. exactly. He's, He's like, like, I've watched all the episodes. Killer. I got a bag. <laughs> yeah. I know the tales. <laughs> it, one of them is money for the tube that gets here right yeah. as mass yeah. starts. <laughs> the fake clergy. <laughs> so he's like, yeah. So sure. uh, he sits me down and he says, so we can't help you. Mm. And no one's going to help you. And you're going to be sleeping on the streets all month. Mm. And God bless him. Um, and to be honest, we need to call your superiors and get you back on this plane. Cause this isn't just, this is just not going to work out here in England. Um, mm. And <laughs> your superiors are stupid for sending you here to be honest. So, mm. Mm. Uh, and so I, I Jesus, um, there are a couple of things on the way to uh, mm-hmm. this point that Jesus had told me one, he said, London's going to be your home base when you're in England. Like, okay, I have no idea what that means, Jesus, mm-hmm. but great. Sounds good. Yeah. Uh, second, Jesus told me to thank the priest that I was about to talk to profusely for whatever he says. <laughs> and so as he's saying this, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yeah. yeah. And, <laughs> and so, um, and walking out of there kind of discouraged, but uh, I had asked, I knew the, the Christian friars that are new, mm-hmm. the CFRs were mm-hmm. somewhere in London. So mm-hmm. I asked for their address. And so I'm like, okay, <clears throat> father, yeah. Some home base that London's turning out to be right now, but mm. um, I'm going to try to find the CFRs. <laughs> yeah. So I go to the address that, that this priest sends me to, and I knock on the door, and he sent me to the wrong address. And so... <laughs> on uh, purpose. <laughs> done. Done. <laughs> done. <laughs> so I knock on the door um, of this, this parish called St. Margaret's, and it's a, in a place of London, London called Canningtown, mm-hmm. which is also the hood. So I'm smilingly walking through the cool. hood, 
That's what you get for choosing the CFRs. <laughs> like, of course they live in the hood. Like, <laughs> you should have chosen the Dominican. Yeah, Can you give me the address of the Dominican? Um, yes. <laughs> so, um, knock on the door, and this this uh, this older older priest opens the door, and um, he says, "What are you doing on my step?" And I tell him, "Like, here's here's who I am. This is what I'm doing. Um, do you know where the friars are?" And he said, "Oh, the friars." Yeah, come on in. <laughs> and and he invites me in, but he does this thing. He does the like the handshake, but he also like pulls you closer to the door as he's doing the handshake. He's like, you don't have a choice whether you're gonna come in or not. You are coming yeah, into yeah, this yeah. rectory. Yeah. Um and he says, My name is Monsignor Armitage. Um, and what's your name? Tell him my name. Mm-hmm. He looks me up online. He's like, All right, yeah, you're on your your picture's on the website, so you're good to go. And yeah. um, here's the key. You can have it for the whole month. London, uh, this is going to be your home base when you're in England. And he literally verbatim says mm-hmm. what the Lord had previously mm-hmm. previously yeah. revealed. He said, there are two steaks in the fridge. They're going to go bad. You should cook them up while I do mass. Holy mm-hmm. hour starts at 6 a.m. tomorrow. I'll see you in the morning. <laughs> That's amazing. Uh, if, yeah. you need, if you need anything, let me know. Uh, where are you heading, headed in London? Let's get you tickets to all the places that you need to go. Do you need any train tickets? Let's get those too. Oh, by the way, here's a funeral that I just did this morning. Here's 220 pounds. Uh, that's amazing. <laughs> and so I ended my first night with a steak, with, with, with yeah. a steak dinner, 270 pounds in my pocket and a key to a place that's insane. for the whole entire month. Mm-hmm. Um, and he was, uh, a young man who was discerning priesthood hmm. was living with him. who was in his twenties. So I also got a Had best fellowship. Friend, yeah. Uh, best, best friend for a month, uh, and Finn hmm. and, uh, Monsignor Armitage slowly like unveils all the hats that he wears in the, yeah, in the, yeah. in the community. And mm-hmm. he's like the former rector of their shrine. And, um, mm-hmm. he's like a chaplain for the, the order of Malta and head of, uh, the chaplain for the guild of our lady of ransom. And he's just like, I eventually find out that if you're in England and you're Catholic, mm-hmm. you know, who Monsignor Armitage is. Yeah. And so yeah. I had a name to drop at every other place that I say that. Yeah. That right. Like, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah, let's put a pause there for a second because I think like I'm just as you're saying that story, it's obviously a radical representation of it. But I think there is such an experience for us as Christians where we come against um, despair, discouragement. We come against like um, words that seem like it's going to make it too difficult for us to do what we need to do. But like it's often just on the other side of that through faithfulness that we actually see God's providence, Mm -hmm. you know? Like, it's just on the other side of that. Like, if we don't give up in that discouragement or despair, if we don't go the other way, if we stay rooted to what God has spoken before, the providence is on the other side of that. Now, sometimes not immediately. In your case, more or less immediately. (laughs) But um, what do you think about that? I think that's a common experience. Obviously, you're experiencing it in England, which is a different space. But do you want to speak to that a little bit? Like, I'm sure you see that in the ministry that you guys do as well. Yeah. Um, There's a... uh, Jesus uses suffering and difficulty to expand our heart for what more he's going to give us. Mm. Um, And it's often um, the the place of... uh, the, the desert is the place of growth and the in the place of mm-hmm. uh, humbling ourselves before the God who is going to show himself as faithful yeah. and show himself yeah. as father. Yeah. And so um, and the spirit sends us there sometimes. Yes. Right. Yes. The spirit drove him into the desert for sure before the angels ministered to him for sure. Right. And um, there's a, a beauty to uh, in the midst of 
of pain and brokenness, the heart can cry and long for something that it does not yet have so that the father can provide more than the heart knows that it's capable of receiving because it's never received so much before. Yeah, right. That's awesome. That's so awesome. I wonder like, um, just a reflection I have off that, I guess. Um, and then maybe throw it to other questions where we can continue the story. Just, um, or maybe what you think, Brother Nathaniel. But I think there's also a um, something that's hitting me right now is that I will never understand the providence of God unless I set aside the providence of self. Mm-hmm. That, that like, I, I provide so much for myself that I think that's sufficient. And it's mm-hmm. not until I actually set that aside and let God provide that I see how much more mm-hmm. it is for him to provide than me to provide. For you sure. know? And it just goes to exactly what you're saying. But that's sure. so amazing. That's so cool. Yeah. Okay, can I be cynical? Oh, damn. <laughs> Someone's got to be. Okay, so I'm just wondering. It's like, okay, the um, the apostles didn't have the church. So they didn't have, mm. they didn't have cathedrals and rectories. For and sure. They didn't, I mean, so technically, the we're sons and daughters of God. So you're mm-hmm. going to your family members and asking your family members to care for you. And your yep. family members are like, oh, you're your beloved son of the church. Of course, I'm going to care for you. Yep. What about the apostles who were like, you go into a town and they're like, wait, who are you? Like, For sure. like what, yeah. what are you doing? Like, I want to mm-hmm. kill you. You're, you're, <laughs> you're a foreigner. You're an invader. Right. And so did, did you have any experiences and maybe along the way, but like, how is it, it, is the poverty pilgrimage usually from church to church or is there the wrestle of like, mm-hmm. I'm going to those who aren't family members and asking for them to care for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I, in some cases, uh, people do experience the, that going to not family members. Yeah. There's no one to help you. Mm-hmm. I honestly didn't have even an opportunity to really to do, do that. I think yeah. I, had, I had one case where I was like, I could go knock on random doors right now. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I was just set up throughout the yeah. whole yeah. entire month. Yeah. Um, which was yeah, beautiful to see yeah. the family of the church yeah. Um, yeah. and family of, of God is my father. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's part of it, right? Yeah, they, they, yeah. Like, oh my, I have a church I can depend on. So yes. I'm actually never alone. Even, yes. And I think that's really powerful. Yeah. yeah. But I, I cannot boast to, um, to <laughs> people outside of, of the church um, supporting me. Like I know some of my brothers, my brothers yeah. can, uh, other than like financially, I might just talk to them on the train or whatever. And they're sure. like, oh, that sure. seems crazy. Here's some money because yeah. you're going to die. Um, yeah, <laughs> but um, no, with it within housing and stuff like that, I, yeah. I, I was taken care of uh, by the faithful of God, um, mm-hmm. which was an incredible blessing. But it became an incredible witness because England is not the most. Yeah, typically <laughs> our perspective of the church in England is pretty lackadaisical at mm-hmm. best. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so um, I to to witness, I wear a habit, I wear all black. And so people know I'm about something mm-hmm. and to witness uh, someone in black who is under the age of 60 and might actually uh, talk to you on a, on a train yeah. is uh, stark. And mm-hmm. you can say some pretty bold things that mm-hmm. they've never heard before. And they can come into agreement with the heart of God that they've never experienced right? Um, because mm-hmm. it's such a stark mm-hmm. contrast. And so mm-hmm. my uh, relationships with those who are not already in relationship with Jesus was primarily evangelistic. Was ministerial. Um, yeah. And yeah, there were, there was, um, there's a lot of wounds with the church in England. And mm-hmm. so being able to, um, when you wear black, you can, in a sense, be a voice for the church. Mm-hmm. And so um, at least on one or two occasions, 
asking for forgiveness on behalf of the church for mm-hmm. for wounds that um, have come and yeah. um, seeing seeing breakthrough um, within that, particularly in the in the heart of uh, one woman uh, in in a town called Walsingham, where um, yeah, just no one had listened to her that um, mm. was in the church before, and um, she had stopped going to mass and and after. Um, I, I had an Irishman take me to to the pub and met, and met her at the pub. And uh, after that that time at the pub, she's like, "Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna go back to mass for the first Thank time you, in Jesus. several years." Yeah. Um, because she she hasn't had anyone, yeah, apologize or mm-hmm. or tell her that her sentiments toward the church were actually okay, um, and and real and valid. And that's the gift of the apostles, though, right? So to your point, I, I think that pushback's valid. But then it's like, well, the apostles did that so that we might have a family to actually come to, to then be sent out again, yep. right? Like, and I think that's the beauty, right? Is that there's there's something in that. Again, all of the servants have different experiences, mm-hmm. I'm sure. I do think there is a unique thing in the church though. And I do want to say this, like God bless that man. But there is something unique in the experience we have in today's Catholicism where you're rejected by someone in the family. Yep. Mm-hmm. Like that's a different experience. The that apostles went and got rejected by people who were heathen. But when you go and you're rejected by someone who's even a father in the faith, and again, God bless him, mm-hmm. right? He's, he's but, a very holy yes, and good yes. priest. And, and, I, and I bless the Lord for that. Yeah. And, and they, yeah, yeah. No, like not in a uh, condemnation way at all, but in a way of like, man, that those are some significant words to relay to someone that's in the family. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a way that, yeah, again, like, like can be hard to receive and might even come from from a place of woundedness there and misunderstanding and miscomprehension and fear there. So I I wonder like, um, were you able to like, um, were you able to process that with the Lord over that time? Or was it really just because Providence was so strong after that you went into it? Or were you like, Lord, actually, the more I think about it, I don't know, intercession for that man or going back to the church. I don't know. Maybe yep. none of that happened. Yeah, I think I think the 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 movement in my heart toward gratitude um that he prepared mm-hmm. me for before that conversation let me know that God was going to do something even mm-hmm. afterward in the midst of of my doubt. Yeah. And so um being grateful for the man and saying thank you, God, and I mm-hmm. actually like to bless him. Yeah. Um, and something that one of our other brothers did that I adopted was to ask whatever priests that we stay with or that we mm-hmm. talk with, we ask them for their priestly blessing. Yeah. And so leaving that man, asking him for his blessing, My even goodness. after we just kind of got rejected yeah. by him yep. because he's still the heart of the father um, revealed. And so asking Good. for the blessing of Good. my father on my way even if the blessing isn't received in that spot. Yeah, I'm gonna throw it back to you, Aaron, but I just wanna say, brothers and sisters, if you're listening, that's what happens when you go into a circumstance whole. When you go into a circumstance in in relationship with the father, the circumstance doesn't define the internal reality, even when it feels a certain way. Like that, and that that's a testament, brother. And just so honored by your words there that you went into that hole because the father was providing for you. And so you went in and the words of man didn't combat the words of God. That's, if you're listening today, that's like capture that. That's awesome. That's a a good word. We'll come back to that. (laughs) Did you ever, did you ever go visit that priest again? Did you see him again? No, I, I, well, I went to the church. Uh Uh, I probably went to mass probably four or five times there because London became Mm -hmm. home base because you can take a train from London to anywhere and you can't get anywhere to anywhere except for through London. And so I ended up staying with Mm -hmm. Monsignor Armitage at St. Margaret's four or five times within Mm -hmm. the, the span of my month. And I would go back to the cathedral for mass. I think I probably went there yeah, four or five times, but a different different priest was saying mass almost every sure. time. So, yeah. how about the the couple from the plane? 
Did, did you end up so meeting them? I didn't end up even needing them, but I met one of their old parish pastors who took me in, uh-huh. um, who I uh, sent them a message saying, hey, Brother Nathaniel's okay. He wanted to say thank you so much. <laughs> <laughs> what a gift. So yeah I, uh, yeah, I was so spoiled that I didn't use the majority of... I had to be more careful about who I said yes to than who I said no to. Mm-hmm. Um, because, mm-hmm. yeah, I can only say yes to so many things. So like yeah. the random sisters that I met um, and at a youth conference that I sh- ended up at, um, <laughs> like, we're like, come to Scotland with us. I'm like, yes, but I have 14 <laughs> days to make it halfway through a country and I can't. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> can yeah. you text Father John and ask him if I can extend my stay? <laughs> how about, how yeah. about well, that's, that's, that's Providence too, right? That open, um, uh, like a lot of times I see this in young adults and I, maybe you can speak to that a little bit too, but when we have a lot of open doors, they can seem like burdens instead of blessings, mm-hmm. right? Like, like if I'm in a time of discernment, like which door, which door do I go through? God's opened like yeah. eight doors. I don't know which one. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> yeah. like how did you, how did you keep your mind in that all of these are blessings and Lord guide me through the one you want? Were you able to have that dialogue with him? Yeah. Um, so there was, um, I think, yeah, it was, it was always within dialogue uh, yeah. with, with God. Um, but it seemed very clear almost every time yeah. which path I should take. Thanks, Holy Spirit. Um, thanks, Holy Spirit. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, because it was almost like too easy, if that makes sense. Yeah, like it. it was too given. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my my route looked really funny. Like you can make a circle around England mm-hmm. and hit all my places. I did like a, a figure eight, essentially kind of going back <laughs> and everywhere. And people are like, why the heck did you do that route? Mm-hmm. Like, that's just where the door is. Well, to make an infinity symbol <laughs> yeah. because that's the Lord. <laughs> Eternity. It's because I'm marking this place. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> Why weren't you efficient? <laughs> the Holy Spirit, work on your efficiency, please. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, I, I just followed the, the doors mm-hmm. that opened in an immediate fashion and they're almost too clear not to mm-hmm. um, walk through. Yeah. That's, that's a witness, man. The, I think so oftentimes when we enter into evangelization, if, if I've, if I've hit one roadblock, like I then operate gun shy against mm-hmm. every other opportunity that I've got. Mm-hmm. And I, th- I think, I mean, certainly in, in our work at Damascus, we, we've, we've hit some roadblocks over the course of time, but mm-hmm. by and large, like people want, people want the gospel to propagate. <laughs> yeah. Like pe- people want, mm-hmm. people want the Lord to, to build the kingdom. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I agree. And, and to, to be able to operate from that place of trust, it's just a, it's a solid witness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How was this youth conference? <laughs> yeah. So any uh, strategies we should start uh, taking adopt? notes, Daniel? Yeah. <laughs> um, I think that uh, it's the best thing that England's got. And uh, with, with um, the, the growth in Protestantism in the Catholic or in the church in America, um, there's been almost like this Catholics, we got to get our game together and we actually need to start producing good material because the Protestants are really good at producing good material. And um, that just hasn't happened in the church in England. Uh, the Anglican church kind of got older and and didn't revive their evangelistic uh, models or anything like that. And so because of that, without competition, there's no need to get better at um, what they're doing. I never thought about that, but it's actually Um, very, very true. That's worth us knowing. That's one of the reasons (laughs) the church in Europe is probably on faster decline. Yeah. And so, um, but, but what they have is so rich and raw and it it was almost like, like Jesus, I'm looking at the church in America that was 40 years ago. 
uh, that hasn't quite experienced the the revival yet, but it's on its way mm-hmm. because I see the CFRs that are there mm-hmm. and doing incredible things. I see the Nashville Dominicans that are uh, yeah. in Scotland and doing incredible mm-hmm. things. And I see, um, I see this, this rootedness and revival and faith, but a lot of their formation comes from America. Bishop Robert Barron. Yeah. They love him to death. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they, they, they eat up the, the American yeah. media because, mm-hmm. um, America has been pushed. American Catholicism has yeah. been pushed to, um, proclaim the gospel in new and innovative ways mm-hmm. that England is just now catching on to. Yeah. And yeah. so youth 2000, the conference was incredible, incredible. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so much good that, uh, came from it. Yeah. And looking at I'm like, and there's so much more. Yeah. There's so much more. Yeah, Catholic um, friends, let's take that as well. That If we're Catholic here in America and you're listening to the podcast today, like our Protestant brothers and sisters are making us better because they're, they're, they're coming up with ways of evangelization and things that are challenging us to, to rethink the way that we're presenting the gospel. Mm-hmm. And glory to God for that. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a reason that God um, brought the charismatic renewal to North America, to the United States. And, and, and the way that that's um, playing out over time is is beautiful. And mm-hmm. so I think that's huge. And that, that just what you're saying about Europe, and to your point, well, Dan, like it's actually that impetus that's evangelistic, that's, that's pushing, at least I can say for me, it's me to be like, okay, yeah, like how can I bring this rich Catholicism evangelistically in the ways that I see so many of my amazing Protestant brothers and sisters? Mm-hmm. In? I, I, John Paul II, he talked... In speaking to America, he he said that the world's going to need you. Like that, hmm. you're going to need to be missionaries to the world. Mm-hmm. And I think there's there's a there's a real um, need for that. And we can actually be so effective in the European countries. Yep. Like we actually have influence there that mm-hmm. um, our ministry there could can really help bring Bolster. the seed of mm-hmm. renewal. Mm-hmm. And yeah. um, so praise the Lord. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I love that. yeah. yeah. So how how the trip wrap up? Yeah. So, um, <laughs> wrapped up in, I uh, I got on a plane in, in Birmingham after I didn't spend a single Alabama? night. Alabama? How'd you end up all the way? So, uh, so, uh, so I'm that, just that's, that's Birmingham. <laughs> Birmingham. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry. Uh, Excuse me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, uh, Was Mother Angelica there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I got, Isn't that Arkansas? I'm so ignorant. I'm so ignorant. We'll just go back. I have no idea. So I got I got made fun of for calling it Birmingham. It's Birmingham. Yeah. Um, yeah. Come so, on, Americans. Don't mess it up. Uh, dang it. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Uh, I got spoiled all along the way. I there is. I how many a, steaks did you get? Steaks. Um. Well, I got lamb with the Archbishop of Liverpool one Ooh, time. Wow. I uh, got a couple steaks, some fish and chips. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and we don't like say no to whatever food. So it's like Friday, and I'm drinking a beer and eating fish and chips. Yeah. And it's pretty, did it's you pretty let nice. the Archbishop of Liverpool know that? Everton's better, or did that just that just stay in the Premier I, League? The soccer I, didn't yeah, come into. I, I didn't. I, if I was literate in my soccer knowledge, yeah. I, I would have. I, I am just. I know just enough to get myself in dangerous waters where I know nothing else. Where the a Archbishop of, will yes, excommunicate you. Kick my butt. A friend of mine from college loved Everton. So anyway, okay. Everton, Liverpool. For those listening, don't know soccer. They don't like each other. It's a rivalry, kind of like Ohio State, Michigan, or Boston uh, Red Sox versus Yankees. Yeah. New York Yankees. Baseball. Okay. Multiple steaks, multiple fish <laughs> yeah. on Friday. I, I, um, I experienced the father's provision yeah. so abundantly um, over and over and over again. And so, so ending at um, the seminary, uh, Oscott Seminary by Birmingham, mm-hmm. um, staying a few nights there. And I just kind of had retreat days where I could, uh, I would just spend time in their chapel and just mm-hmm. see God's providence again and again and again. Um, Cause I'm so forgetful. 
And so mm-hmm. um, even toward the end of the trip, there were times where I'm like, Father, are you going to provide for me? Um, Father, I think you're inviting me to give all my money away at this point. Um, that's really hard because I I have I know I have enough to make it all the way back to to Birmingham and get on the flight. I, I'll be completely covered on all my bases and um, my heart, even after seeing his provision for a whole entire month, was still not completely conformed to the reality that he was going to do it again. And so when a, a, a woman walks up to me after mass one day and hands me a envelope with 200 pounds in it, after that conversation with the Lord where I lack mm. trust in him, mm. um, I, I am called to repentance and I'm called to even greater gratitude for um, how he's showing up. That Father, you've shown me so many times and mm. I'm your son and I still need to show you again. And so even coming back off the plane in England, I still have that, that cry from my heart, Father, show me. Father, show me because mm-hmm. I'm so forgetful and mm-hmm. um, I, I forget what your face looks like. Yes. I forget um, mm-hmm. how you look at me. I forget how you provide for me. Mm-hmm. And so, Father, would you show me again? Mm-hmm. And so every day, that's kind of been a, a cry of my prayers. Mm-hmm. I go in front of Jesus in the Eucharist and like, yeah. Father, show me again your face. Let your mm-hmm. face shine upon us and we shall be saved. Yep. Yep. And they saw like in the Old Testament, you saw the face of God and you died. Yeah. But now with Jesus, who is the mm-hmm. incarnation, we see the face of God and we live. Yeah. So Father, may I have your face in front of me at all times as I'm going throughout my day. Yeah. That that I may notice you like I notice someone walking into a room. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't I don't want to give up on past providence in the name of current circumstance. I want to give up current circumstance in the name of past providence, mm-hmm. right? Like, and and that's 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 the tell of the Christian that so often we do we forget we like we write off that yeah he acted in that way but there's also a lot of factors that probably played into that and this one I mean I'm sure it's it's not possible you know it's that it's that heart of conformity right mm-hmm. that conforming myself mm-hmm. to his goodness and his providence mm-hmm. that's awesome Brad so, identified earlier that the the way that you carried yourself on this trip was indicative of the fact that that you're entering in as a whole man mm-hmm. and um having walked through a lot of your high school years. <laughs> uh, I mean, and, and we were able just as a, as a side note, you know, we, we sat down um, in that, in that retreat I had in Denver in September. And, and I heard a lot of this testimony of, of mm. the transformation that God's been doing in your own heart. Do you think you'd be willing to share a little bit about like that journey that brought you to the place of realizing I, I can trust, mm-hmm. I can trust my father. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, um, I want to think about this because yeah, yeah no, definitely. I, it, it's I want to be careful with. I know people yes, are going to listen. Yes, um, can I share something while you're thinking yeah, about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So just so you can think, this is a conversation I recently had with Aaron, and uh, for uh, for a lot of my life, exactly what you're talking about. There's a, a prudence in sharing of like, okay, God, like what you're doing in me. Um, it, it's fun to see where God's giving us like um, access to things that are for us to be in a process with Him in. And for us to realize when he's given us the ability to actually move forward and minister from that and speak to it. And so there's just prudence in what, you, what you're doing. So I hope that gave you at least a little yeah. time to wrap your mind around <laughs> a couple. Um, can you restate the question for me again? Yeah. I'm wondering what transformation happened in your heart uh, to prepare you to, to be in that place of, of trust in the mm-hmm. Father's generosity. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I, I guess... What what have you seen? What's the path of your spiritual life been in the, in the time you've mm-hmm. been in this novitiate? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Also, you have a bug on your shoulder. Oh, I was going to get it. Nice. I was going to get it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we get points here on the podcast. It's also, yeah, it's that time in the stigma. winter where the bugs are like, I'm about to die, so I'm just going to go all out. <laughs> get me in this house now. Yeah. 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 Um, 
All right. Um, um, so I, uh, I grew up in uh, a beautiful Catholic family, uh, but my, my reality was that uh, my, my parents were divorced when I was very young. And so there was uh, half the time spent with my dad, who is, who is awesome. Um, and, uh, and so, uh, with that, there, there are just some, some things that, uh, natural mindsets that come from that situation, um, that aren't quite in the conformity of the reality of the father's heart. Mm-hmm. And so a lot of my, my time of formation has been, uh, being placed into places of great need and to have the father come through for me over and over and over again. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I've seen that, mm-hmm. um, Spiritually, I've seen that uh, mostly physically in my in my physical body, which mm-hmm. I was I played uh, sports kind of throughout high school and college, and so uh, I've broken my foot twice. I've <laughs> in, met, had in my, just two years. He, yes, oh, wow. <laughs> broken my foot t- yeah. twice. I got nose surgery that knocked me out for several months. I've had back. I've I've had to go to a chiropractor. I've never been to a chiropractor in my life. <laughs> I've, I've gone to more doctor's visits in the last year than I can I can even think of. And it's all that St. Agatha youth group. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's all that wrestling. It's, it's, all, it's all the literal from wrestling the from the youth group. Yeah. Oh my goodness. We were transforming, but in a different one. Yeah. No, that's that's yes. And so <laughs> too far. And so well, it, it is a lot of these things that um, just were kind of left unaddressed uh throughout like a lot of injuries in in high school and college that were left unaddressed that the father's saying actually we need to take a look at that because your reality isn't that you need to live forever broken and call it redemptive suffering Mm -hmm. um it's actually that i'm going to heal you and then i'm going to let you suffer with me after i've healed you to the fact that you know that i'm your father and i want to be with you in this and that you're worth the medical bills and you're worth um it's Mm -hmm. hard to be dependent when you have a vow of poverty, you should be, I'm like, I should be more poor. I shouldn't be going and seeing these doctors. Uh, but the father's heart is that, yes, I want you to be poor, but I want you to be whole. Yeah. And from that wholeness, live your, your, your poverty. Yeah. Um, and so um, the father has been revealing his heart uh, over and over and over again. That I might just, just look to his face and, and see him and remember him. Yeah. That's so good. That's, that's a beautiful witness. And maybe, mm-hmm. maybe to wrap that up in, in, an appeal even to our listeners who are, who are tuning in today that, you know, there, there are a lot of people who share amazing testimonies of, of childhoods that were filled with trauma and that wasn't yours. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, like you said, you have an awesome family and, yeah. and I experienced that and um, your, your brothers and sisters and your parents and step parents are, are amazing. Yeah. And uh, the, the, the reality that you're witnessing too, though, is that every single one of us has in some way, um, we've not lived a perfect life, right? And and a, a tendency can be to to try to uh, let's bury the past so that so that I can start a new thing or that God can do in, that God can do a new thing in me or through me, and um, come into terms with those those nagging realities in our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's it's just the fuller embrace of the fact that Jesus, you actually you don't you don't want to you don't want to press the reset button on me so that you can mm-hmm. now do something with your new servant. But mm-hmm. you you actually see me, you see all the insecurity that I've got, you see mm-hmm. all the stuff that I've gone through to be who I am today. Yeah, and 
you don't only tolerate that, but you love that and you want to redeem that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, that's, sorry, go ahead. Well, and it's, it's just like, I, I, will be best, I will be best equipped when I can actually give my weakness to the Lord that mm-hmm. he could redeem that and use that to transform both myself and, and the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's been the story of my, my time in Novitiate of uh, God is father. That means I'm, I'm child. And all of a yeah. sudden, yeah. instead of this independence that I've worked for, for my whole life, it's, mm-hmm. I'm going to be dependent. Mm-hmm. And I think mm-hmm. that that's been the, the scripture that's yeah. renowned over and over and over. Mm-hmm. Unless you become like a child, you shall not enter the kingdom of God uh-huh. because mm-hmm. a, a kid just yeah. has a heart open for, for whatever and, yeah. and whenever mm-hmm. and an expectation that um, their father's going to provide. And that's so um, I've been shown over and over again that mm-hmm. I need to be little, yeah. um, which mm-hmm. as a guy who is a man and wants to be big um, yeah, yeah. is, is really uh, challenging and really I've seen uh, fruitful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and your, and your journey, your journey to England was, was such a beautiful witness to that because knowing you and myself as well, I think if I were to, if I were to do this, like, I think my tendency would be, I would, I think I'd feel more comfortable, like sleeping under the bench. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but, but to, but to be called in the yeah. place of like my son, I, I want you to know that I want to care for you, mm-hmm. right? I want, I, I need you to know that I'm going to take care of you. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that fights that tendency yeah. um, of, self, of self-preservation. Because mm-hmm. right? then it's his story, not ours. That like, if I came back and I slept under benches and stuff, I could tell people like the, the virtue and the, and the survival skills and all the things that, that I did. And God was a part of it, which is great. But then when I actually surrender, then yeah. I, it's like, let me tell you how great he is mm-hmm. and how I just experienced it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A vow of poverty isn't a vow of destitution. Yeah, it's it's yeah. a vow of dependency. Yes. And providence, yeah. Yeah. right? Providence. The proper, proper, poverty, proper poverty and proper prosperity bring us to providence if we do what the Lord's mm-hmm. asking us to do with it. Mm-hmm. And that, that's the beauty of the church. And that's why we've, um, that destitution mindset we've always spoken against and that um, derelictive ability to give things away we've always spoken against as well. And that's that's right in the heart of, yeah. of what we see. I mean, poverty, chastity, obedience, the vows are um, ob- obligations upon me, but they're almost also obligations on the father to, if I'm going uh, to be poor, you are going to provide. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to be chaste, you are going to be the fulfillment of all my desires. If I'm going to obey, you are going to lead me uh, and that's not really lead good. me in a way that, uh, you're going to uh, give up on me or drop me or something mm-hmm. like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. It, your congregation is called the Servants of Christ Jesus. And it's interesting because so much of your formation is about becoming a son of the Father. And if you're a son of the Father, you can be a servant of Christ Jesus. But if you are if you have an orphaned spirituality, you you almost become a slave to mm-hmm. Jesus. And it, it, there's there's a difference between servanthood and slavery. Uh, and I think the... Um, so many well-intended ministers of the gospel can actually fall into slavery accidentally because they, they don't understand that relationship as, uh, as son. And um, what, what does it mean for you when you, like, when you think of yourself as a servant of Christ Jesus? What does that mean? That's a good question. Um, Do I want to go scriptural or do I just want to? I think I'm just going to talk. Yeah. Um, uh, to be a, a servant of Christ Jesus is to be 
radically open to him whenever he calls and wherever he sends. Um, and uh, to, to have an o- obedience in relationship with him, mm-hmm. um, to have a chastity in relationship with him, to have a poverty in relationship with him, and to, um, to live out the gospel, live out the word of God in an unfiltered way, um, in a way that um, is, is completely given. And uh, the cry of, of, of the heart has to be just, yes, Father. Yes, Father. Yes, Father. Um, over and over and over again. Because, Father, I've seen that you're so good before mm-hmm. and I, yeah. I'm expecting you to, to do it yeah. again. In, yep. in that sense, I'm reminded. So my family has just completed our uh, consecration to Our Lady, to mm-hmm. Jesus through Mary. And one of the, one of that, that word resonates that St. Louis de Montfort said that when we, when we unite ourselves in, mm-hmm. in you know, servitude to Our Lady, that the only thing that can happen is she transforms us into, into herself and mm-hmm. in effect into her son. Yeah. Right. So, so when we, when we place ourselves in, mm-hmm. in service of Jesus, you know, in a sense, you, you adopt his sonship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and we're Catholic, so we we know the prayer. But every single prayer we pray starts in the name of the Father, and it ends in Amen. So mm-hmm. His name and yes, mm-hmm. and that's if we live that way, we we'll we'll do well. Yeah. Um. Thank you for sharing. Yeah, today. it's a gift. Mm-hmm. It's great it's having gift. you having you back here at Damascus. And my question is: Have you have you had the opportunity at this point now to to process the trip with your parents? Uh, yeah. So I was Come able to, to tell mom about it, tell dad about it. Mom, mom's, mom was a little more concerned, I think. I so got an I, email from your mom before going out to college. <laughs> that's beautiful. She's like, she please, please give him a me. hug. She loves me. But this it, it's also a journey of dependence for our, our mothers yeah, of as course. well. Who I grow bet. a whole heck of a lot in trusting uh, God with, with yeah. their sons. And so uh, she's incredible. Um, and she... Uh, grew a lot with with the Lord in uh, yeah. her son's poverty and neediness because yeah. uh, a son's poverty and neediness is a mother's poverty and neediness. So that's <laughs> that's, that's it. Um, good. Hey, would would is it okay to ask you to maybe close in prayer? Um, sure. Pray I for pray for the community who's listening in. Yes. Have you ever done that before? <laughs> ever prayed? prayed? Yeah. We're gonna find out. Okay. <laughs> Get some, Dan. That's the best answer ever. <laughs> Our right. producer Jack really likes that one. He's losing it over there. Well done, brother. That was, that's the most you've ever gotten him to go. Yeah, that's good. That's good. You're welcome, Jack. All right. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Father, thank you. Father, we love you. Father, we ask you uh, to send your blessing upon us, upon all those listening. Father, we pray for uh, an expectant spirit, an adopted spirit. Father, we pray that uh, as we look to your face, we may receive your heart. As we see your eyes looking upon us, we may know the love that you have for us. And from that place of love, Seek to give all to you. Seek to live only for you. Jesus, I pray your blessing uh, upon us, upon all those listening. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. 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 In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Thanks for tuning in uh, to Beyond Damascus today. Once again, Brother Nathaniel from the Servants of Christ Jesus was able to join us today and share just 
kind of some components of his amazing testimony. If you've been touched by today's message, uh, I would ask, number one, that you consider looking into the servants of Christ Jesus, if that's something that's piqued your interest, and mm-hmm. also that you would share this story. Mm-hmm. Um, that you'd like, subscribe, comment, and, uh, and we will pray that it will transform your life in the way that I know even here today that it's been transforming ours. I'm taking mm-hmm. diligent notes. <laughs> I, what, one thing I've learned about the Beyond Damascus is that actually being at this show is like my own personal prayer time. Prayer time. <laughs> this is the best. So, <laughs> so when you see me writing, that's uh, what it's happening. It's, it's my journal. <laughs> it's, that's all. Don't look. Uh, thanks again for joining us. Uh, we'll see you again next week. God bless.